Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, January 29th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The EU is struggling with a shortage of COVID-19 vaccine doses, and its virus containment effort is nearing a crisis. Meanwhile, amateur day traders have rattled the stock market's old guard. Plus, the defection of a North Korean diplomat may have exposed how sanctions are squeezing one of Kim Jong-un's income sources. We'll take a look at what that means for the regime. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The EU doesn't have enough COVID-19 vaccine doses. The shortage has prompted some officials to suspend the administration of the jab, and it caused tension between member states over exports of vaccine doses. There's also frustration with a big drug maker that failed to deliver what it promised. The FT's European diplomatic correspondent Michael Peel has been following this. Michael, the short version of this is that it's basically a story of supply and demand. What's the longer version? Well, it's exactly as you say that, uh, especially in the first months of the vaccines coming, though you had this euphoria at the end of last year when there were several vaccines which showed very good results, and now we're having a bit of a reality check in that um, the demand is way outstripping the supply, even though companies are are ramping it up. Um, And in addition to that, in the EU, there have been some very specific problems, and most recently with AstraZeneca, which has said that it will deliver, according to EU officials, as little as a quarter of the 100 million or so doses that they were expecting the first quarter of the year. And so now there's a big fight between the EU and the company um, about what it's actually going to deliver. So then what's going to happen, Michael? I mean, will the EU be able to produce the amount of vaccine doses it it needs? Well, this is a crucial point, Mark, because what we're seeing at the moment is a battle between rich nations uh, for supplies that aren't enough to go around even them. But then you look at the rest of the world and the scant coverage in in so many regions and and particularly in in the poorest countries. And you see how far we are from being anywhere near able to serve the the whole world with, with the vaccines that we need. And so this is a story that's going to take months, maybe even years to unfold. And a big test now is to get that what rich countries have committed to, including in the EU, that this will be an equitable distribution. The cliche is, you know, the pandemic isn't ended anywhere until it's ended everywhere. Well, now these rich countries have to, to live up to that mantra and, and make sure that uh, the whole world is, is served by this way out of the pandemic. Michael Peel is the FT's European diplomatic correspondent. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Mark. In the stock market this week, the big story has been the small amateur traders, if you can even call them amateur anymore. These traders are known as Reddit traders because they congregate on that social media site and chat about stocks. They've taken on establishment investors and driven up the price of certain stocks that hedge funds were short-selling or betting would fall. One hedge fund lost billions on a bet against the stock price of the video game retailer GameStop. The FT's markets editor, Katie Martin, has been watching all of this. She reminds us that these amateur traders have been in the market for a while. But last year, suddenly we had lots of people who were bored at home with stimulus checks keeping them going and all the rest of it. And suddenly there are lots of free trading apps for getting involved in markets. And so they did. So, Kitty, this can't be happy news for the big hedge funds and other people in the investing establishment, right? 
the kind of old guard, if you like, of the markets is not at all happy about this. They can see their friends and respected market peers losing their shirt on various negative bets on companies that probably are, you know, are not doing great financially. And they think, look, this has got completely out of hand. There are lots of people calling for regulators to step in, to do something to stop these retail guys trading in the market. But you've really got to balance that out against the fact that these are public markets and every share price in the world, whether it's Tesla or GameStop, is only worth as much as people are prepared to pay for it. And people are prepared to pay a lot of money for shares in GameStop, regardless of the underlying health of the company. So you can't kind of pick and choose which market participants are able to play in the market and what a healthy share price is. I mean, you can argue the entire stock market has unhealthy share prices and valuations. You can't just freeze people out because they are have-a-go amateurs that make sometimes coarse and sometimes hilarious jokes on the internet. Is there anything regulators should be doing here or even can do here? One thing that might interest regulators is this element that these people coordinate on message boards to talk about which stocks they're going to hit and how they're going to do it. And they all kind of gang up. Now, people in the professional markets, if they did that, if hedge funds got together and jointly decided to hit a particular stock or if traders at banks did a similar thing, they would get hauled up very quickly by their regulator. But somehow it's kind of okay for the retail guys to do this, for the amateurs to do it. So there might be scope for regulators to get involved and say, listen, it's fine for you guys to kind of get on message boards and talk about what stocks you're buying. It's not fine to go on message boards and pretend that you're buying a certain stock to encourage people to buy it and push up the price when you don't really intend to buy it. That sort of thing would be considered distributing misleading information about listed companies. And it is possible that some of these guys could get in hot water for that if that's what the regulators find. So the whole episode has got people thinking about who are markets for? So... Switching gears, some of the internet sites that traders use, they imposed trading limits. Users were infuriated about that. Also, U.S. politicians are mumbling about hearings, but is there anything anyone can do about the power of these small traders, or is there just an underlying shift going on? In terms of what this will change, I think it's a really big moment. I think it's definitely going to change how people operate because the professionals that we speak to, whether they're analysts at investment banks or whether they're hedge fund managers or whoever they are, they say, we did not see this coming. We never thought these people could be so powerful in the market. We never thought that they could get the better of us. We have to be much smarter now about how we take bets against companies because you could just get an army of people on the other side that make that bet go wrong. And they're also saying we simply can't fight this. There's just too many of them. Katie Martin is the markets editor for the FT. And finally, this week, a high-level North Korean defection came to light and it exposed the pressure that North Korean diplomats are under to bring in money for Pyongyang. The FT's sole correspondent, Ed White, has been following the story of one diplomat who didn't just have to find money and weapons and broker illicit trade deals like other North Korean diplomats do. His post was important for another reason. Now, in the Kuwaiti context, this was really important because Kuwait is basically the jumping-off point for North Korean workers into other uh, 
Gulf states and so there has been for many years direct flights going from Pyongyang to Kuwait uh, taking tens of thousands of workers into that area. While there's actually more North Korean workers in places like China and Russia, the Arab states were particularly important because they pay a lot more so the North Korean construction workers in these countries could basically be taxed by the North Korean officials and essentially get more money back for the regime. Now, Ed, you remind us in your reporting, things got harder for Pyongyang's diplomats after sanctions were put into place in 2017 in response to Kim Jong-un's nuclear weapons tests. What did that do? That then meant that it was becoming harder and harder for North Korean workers to travel easily around. And in fact, they had to leave places like Kuwait and more recently China and Russia as well. So for the uh, people such as Mr. Ryu, who was in Kuwait trying to tax these workers, that work was getting harder and harder because there were fewer workers there. What's the takeaway among North Korean watchers? Are, are defections like this one on the rise? Or is this just the average occasional defections among North Korean diplomats posted abroad? As we understand it, it's really the latter, that there hasn't been a substantial increase yet. But that being said, because of these pressures that we're now starting to see linking back to sanctions, there is a sense that this could one day really explode and that you could one day see a lot more people uh, from these embassies starting or at least trying to start to defect more. Ed White is the FT's sole correspondent. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help from Gavin Coleman, Michael Bruning, George Drake Jr., and Amy Keane. Special thanks to Brendan Greeley for filling in as host earlier this week. Our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.